Here at Kerygma Ventures, our love for the Bible doesn't stop us from having questions about it. Quite the opposite. Our love for the Bible makes us more curious about it. Do you sometimes wonder how the message of the New Testament gives meaning to the Old Testament? Are you fascinated by how Scripture applies to your life? If you do, head over to studythebibleguide.com to get some answers. Listen, we've got a simple guide to give you. It's free, and it's packed with practical tools to help you study the Bible. That website, again, is studythebibleguide.com. And thanks for listening to this Kerygma Ventures podcast. God bless. Welcome back to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. This week, we head back to the ranch for Dudley Hall and Sam Downs' conversation about what messages Christians need to hear when they're suffering emotional pain. Sometimes we as Christians are so devastated by trauma that it might seem better to escape our fears by letting our addictive tendencies take over our lives. But what if we don't want to be addicted to alcohol or drugs anymore? What if we want to put in the consistent, daily, disciplined work of embracing life with Jesus? In this episode, Dudley and Sam discuss how God can help us with our feelings of loneliness, fear, and purposelessness. What sort of messaging, so you said it's a daily thing to be reminded maybe, I'm paraphrasing, that Jesus is enough. Can you get more specific with that? What sort of messaging, or maybe even speak to somebody who is a, who's battling some kind of addiction, yeah. born out of some desperate experience in their life or devastating experience in their life, what sort of messaging do you think they need to be hearing? This is to a Christian. Yeah. So you're speaking to a Christian who's experienced some devastating moment of despair or sequence of desperate moments, and they've found themselves addicted to alcohol or substance or porn. What kind of messaging do they need to hear daily that would infiltrate their addicted state? I think two things. One is I think they need to know it's okay to be human and it's okay to hurt. Mm -hmm. and It's okay to be lonely. It's okay to acknowledge lack. But don't deny it. Just acknowledge it. Acknowledge I have a need here. It's not being met in what I had thought previously were legitimate ways. And so, yeah, I've got a I've got a longing here that I'm meeting. I'm allowing to be met in a way that's more destructive than the longing. Right. Then I, I think, you know, just an honest, you know, Sam, if, if you don't have a, a walking, talking, living relationship with Jesus, I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. It, you know, because there's no principle I can say, follow this principle or do this ritual or whatever. But there's a lot of people that think the answer to the question I just asked, what sort of messaging do you need daily, is a message of more principles. You, yeah. need, you need, well, you need to pray these five things or you need to listen to these three podcasts every day if you're battling addiction. You need to go yeah. to these groups and your addiction problem will be cured. Yeah. So why are you saying that it's not about a principle then? Well, I'm saying if you put that First, then you're trying to you're trying to solve your addiction problem or your lack of need being met problem. Mm-hmm. We'll say, and you'll become addicted to that. Whatever you take 
as your medicine for this, then, mm-hmm. then you're addicted to the medicine. Yeah. So I'm saying that if you don't have the walking, talking relationship with Jesus, where you can say, Jesus, I had knees met. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then he helps you. He, he may, he, he may very well introduce you to somebody, your, your neighbor, friend, family, whatever, say, look, for me, in my case, there's grief, grief counseling at my church. Mm-hmm. They meet every whatever night. You might want to go down there. It's like, okay, I think I will. All right, then it becomes an agency. It becomes a means of God meeting that need rather than me going and doing that. Because, you know, if, if you go get the solution to it, whatever solution you pick, you'll get addicted to the solution mm-hmm. and then you just got another. You just move from one addiction to another. Yeah, that's good. I've, uh, I've visited that, have you ever heard of Celebrate Recovery? Yeah, sure. It's like a you know, 12 steps type program that I think came out of Rick Warren's church. Mm. Um, yeah. And this is not anything bad toward that program, but I did notice several of the people in the group at times would they would really, really make a big deal out of how important that group was to them. Yeah. And, and it's, not, it's not mine to judge whether or not that had then become their addiction, but at times it felt that way. Of like, well, you replaced your cigarette addiction with this group. Yeah. Uh, and this group is going to fail you. Right. At some point. Somebody's going to break confidence or... Uh, there's a snowstorm that's going to happen, and just you know maybe not in Texas, but there's something that's going <laughs> to keep the group from being able to meet. Yeah. And if the group was the thing that was keeping you from smoking cigarettes, you're probably going to go back to smoking cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. If that was the addiction, right? Yeah. Um, and I get. I think because I'm acquainted enough with this space, I've heard similar things to this before. I just um, man, maybe it's just more real to me now than it ever has been. Like. You know, if, if emotional pain is the devastating thing you went through or that you're enduring, it's really, really plausible to me now how people become alcoholics or they become drug addicted because yeah. I will do whatever I can to not feel that thing Absolutely. that I'm feeling right now because the thing I feel right now is scary. It, it, it reminds me of all these memories of this thing that happened or this trauma that occurred or whatever. And, and I just need to escape it. And I would rather escape it now than have to do the, the consistent daily disciplined work of, of, of like embracing life with Jesus, whatever that looks like. I think that's it's what I'm trying to get down to is like, even as good as what you're telling me is, it doesn't seem to have as quick and meaningful of an effect as maybe a couple quick drinks would. Yeah. Because I know, like, I just know that, like, if I'm in deep emotional pain and turmoil, it seems like the logical thing for me to do to just say, I'll just have a couple drinks and not think about it anymore. Yeah. Now, I thankfully have the wherewithal to say that's not a permanent solution. Yeah. But I, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to ask, I'm sorry, this is so jumbled. Can you see how people would arrive at that place of just saying like, 
I'm just going to have a couple drinks and go to bed and not think about it. Yeah, I not only can see that, I can see how you can have, I can see how easy it can become to have, I want more than a couple of Yeah. And I want to do it again tomorrow. That's right. And, and the next, in fact, the, reper, the repercussions of me drinking too much don't seem nearly as, as dire as the loneliness I feel. Yes. Say that, hold on, say that again, because I feel like that bottles exactly what I've been trying to say. The repercussions of me drinking too much don't seem near as dire as what I'm feeling right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, whether it's loneliness or fear or purposelessness, mm-hmm. whatever there is in there, it is, it's devastating. Yeah. And... And so it's so easy to say, look, I know it's not the permanent thing, but dead gummit, if it can give me 24 hours, I'm willing to trade some stuff for 24 hours of relief. Yes, yes. Yeah. But here's the deal. And this is why I tried to connect this to the church or to Christians. And again, I don't, I don't ever want our conversations to turn into this like church hating thing or Christian bashing no, no. thing. That's not... I hope it's clear to everybody watching this that that's not, I mean, I'm a part of a church. I believe in, hmm. in the church being really, well, if the really church important. doesn't, if the church doesn't offer the solution, it, there ain't going to be no solution. Correct. So. And, and, and drill down deeper into this conversation. How many churches do you know or faith groups do you know, Christian faith groups, do you know where it is, it is safe, really safe, for a person who's addicted to alcohol, drugs, sex, porn, whatever, to go in to their other, you know, micro community, maybe 10 or 12 people from that assembly and say, guys, look, I'm really struggling. Yeah. I don't know many places where you could do that. That's true. And not be shut out or shunned or viewed as like an outcast or like, hey, now you're a care case. Now you're, okay, we've got to sequester you from the body now because you're not safe to the rest of us. You're going to drag other people into your alcoholism or your drug addiction. To me, that compounds the problem because now if I'm a Christian who my safe community is this church and I'm really battling something here and I'm being tempted to just drink at night, every night alone and and I don't know if I can talk to my community group about it or my pastor about it. It's just one compounds the other. It just snowballs. Yeah. Like if you're not safe to talk to about it about at the place that supposedly has the solution, yeah. then what's to keep you from just continuing to you know, walk in those destructive behaviors? And so there may be plenty more questions to follow this, but do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. About the church thing. Um, and a lot of that comes from the cultural influence on the gospel of, you know, the gospel is to make you a better person that doesn't do bad things. Yeah. Okay, so if you're doing something bad or something's not consistent with the values, mm-hmm. then you're, you're a bad person. And so you don't want, you can't handle being a bad person. It's yeah. like, that, that's demeaning to me. So I can't say I'm a bad person. So I, I just won't tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll just, I'll get a handle on it eventually. I'll get a handle on it eventually. Until finally, you know, one day you're flat on your back. And, and, and that's what happens uh, 
that's what happens to us all at some, some level or another. It's like, I finally come to the place to go, okay, uh, I've tried all the idols. I've tried all the options. I've mm-hmm. tried, I've tried all the, the offerings of addictions mm-hmm. and I can't do it. And God, if you don't do, if you don't do something, I don't know what I'm going to do. So it's at that moment, that, you know, that you, you hear the great testimonies like, you know, Jesus began to bring people into my life. He began to give me hope, whatever. So, yeah, but I, I think, you know, Sam, the, the message we're trying to promote is this. God is not trying to make you a better person. He's trying to show you how full of mercy and grace yeah. he is. Thank you so much for listening to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. We'd love for you to join us next week as we continue to bring you conversations and messages that challenge you to live a life of grace and freedom, developing a thriving relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with someone in your life who you know would be encouraged to hear it? Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.